Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Sure good to see you again today as we continue in John 5. Good to see you, sir. I want to talk a little bit more about this guy that was healed. Well, I was thinking he he's lame, right? He's, he's a lame guy. Lame for 38 years. Yeah. I've I, met some guys who've been lamer a lot longer, <laughs> but maybe why, not in the why, same way as why, this fellow. Why are you looking at me like that? <laughs> so, look, let's let's just go ahead and say something. I think I'm, I'm really looking forward to today's discussion, and the reason I am is because based on when we talked yesterday, I get the feeling that maybe you and I look at what's happening here a little bit differently. So I'm, oh. I'm glad, because I actually think he's lame in more than one way. You think he's very lame. I think he's really lame. Okay. I, I don't I don't think we're seeing a great guy here. And I don't oh. think I, I mean Jesus does a great thing, but I yes. again I see a real contrast between this guy and the blind guy in chapter nine and I don't think we're supposed to see this guy as fantastic. But we'll see. I, I you know, we'll 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 see what happens here. Let's just talk a little bit about it. I think we see something really exceptional here in more than one way. Mm. Here we go. I'm gonna read from the English Standard Version. Today we're just gonna read verses one through fifteen and look at this healing. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the Sheep Gate a pool in Aramaic called Bethesda, which has five roofed colonnades. In these lay a multitude of invalids, blind, lame, and paralyzed. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, and while I'm going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take up your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is not lawful for you to take up your bed. But he answered them, The man who healed me, that man said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is the man who said to you, take up your bed and walk? Now the man who had been healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, as there was a crowd in the place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you are well. Sin no more, that nothing worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had healed him. And this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. I went, a, I went a verse extra. I know that threw you off. It threw me off too. I realized, oh, I've gone too far. I've gone too far. <laughs> it's just like, and that's a good reading. Amen. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. so yeah, so here's this healing. He asked, we, we talked about yesterday, at least yeah. at the very end, uh, wanting to be healed. You know what? I realized today with my reading, maybe we should address one thing really quickly. Uh, just talk a little bit about one of the differences between your legacy standard and the ESV that I had. And that is the verse that talks about the pool. Right. That that there there's an angel that comes down and, and stirs the water, in. and whoever yeah. gets in there first gets to be healed. Uh, so the ESV doesn't even have that description in it. The uh, legacy standard does. I assume does that mean the New American standard does? I can't remember. Uh, Some translations I, I'd have do, to go some don't. Look. I don't remember all it's, of it. It is bracketed. In the New King James, there's a there's an asterisk by it also. I know okay. that that's one of those variant yeah. variant readings. So here's here's the yeah, a variant reading, and here's the reason for that. That uh there there is some question. Is that statement actually original to the text, mm-hmm. or was this a later copyist who felt it was necessary to explain what was going on Try here? To explain that he, what, he yeah. 
Sorry, yeah. that the copyist knew here's why this was happening, and a lot of readers won't know why this is happening. And so it's it's kind of gone down. There are some manuscripts that have it, some manuscripts that don't. I think mm-hmm. some of the newer translations have taken the approach that, no, probably a copyist added this in. So here's what we've got. We've got, here's the reason why this kind of thing was happening. And then the question, of course, is, is that really true? Was that really yeah. happening? Was yeah. it a legend that a lot of people believed and so they were there, but it was never happening? And, and that we just don't know the answer yeah. to. Yeah. I don't know the answer to that. No. But it's clear that the people believed it. These There yeah. were a lot of folks there. All of these ill people, right? Who, who thought this was going to happen and so they were there. I can certainly imagine a scenario where you're told this is what happened, you believe it, and whenever there's a stirring, folks are just plopping in as quick as they can you're not going to know who's the first and so everybody's just like well mm. i guess i wasn't the first and they go away always believing that it happens and just never believing it was them wow and so i could i could imagine that kind of scenario yeah. on the other hand it may be somebody plopped in and they jumped out i can see and now they know I <laughs> that mean, would be huge yeah i, I don't but, know what was happening but for you, real you can't appreciate in a scenario like that where the one fellow who is going to have hard time getting in the water is the one that can't walk yeah you know, compared to some of these other sicknesses that are being identified, that guy's never going to be the first one to the water unless he's got some buddies. Well, he is, but I have to tell you, the three that are mentioned, blind, lame, withered, which one of those three are going to see the water see being the stirred water. and get into it, yeah. have the strength to get into it? Hmm. I mean, it's this is this is this is a weird deal. It's a weird deal. I appreciate you talking about like that. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I mean, it's just going to be hard for anybody to get in there. Uh, You know, and when you think through it like that, I think what a what a what a kind of a hopeless situation. Yes, around this pool of Bethesda is to walk in there and see all these really sick, sorrowful people, and whether or not that water stirring up or not, people aren't. We're not seeing people getting made better. No. Here's one of the things that stands out to me. Maybe I'm reading too much into this. You, you can tell me if you think I am. But I, I know in the previous chapter, all right, we've yeah. had in the, in the previous uh, healings, we have a guy who lives in Capernaum mm-hmm. who has heard about Jesus yeah. and walks to Cana. He hears that Jesus is in Cana. He goes from Capernaum to Cana that's right. to find Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is how popular Jesus is. That's, that's how the, the, the fame of Jesus has spread in Canaan. Yeah. Now here is a guy who's among the sick. Mm-hmm. Jesus has performed signs at the feasts in Jerusalem. I mean, it's it has happened. But here's a bunch of people at this pool that apparently don't know him. Or here's a guy for sure that doesn't know him. Doesn't know his name. Doesn't know who he is when he sees him. Uh, doesn't have any friends that are taking him to see Jesus. He's uh, so to me that's very odd for for this. Here's a place where all the sick people are congregating, and at least one of them had never even heard of Jesus. You would hmm. think, you would think the name of Jesus would be whispered among the people who all want to be healed. Perhaps at a at a time. I said, okay, so you're saying perhaps. So I'm. I know you're like no, Ed. When you're you're off your rocker on this, I, I think off their rockers too too strong. I, I just I don't I don't know how you. Uh, I mean, you're right. They they were talking about him, but I don't know who heard what and when they did. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I just to me, it is odd to have a whole group of sick people that have been sick for a long time. And the fame of Jesus is spreading like wildfire such that people will walk miles to find him. And here's a group that just doesn't know. Uh, yeah, I know. But it, at the <laughs> same time, I, there's a long distance between Cana and Jerusalem, too. And it could be his popularity and, and knowledge is greater in some regions than others. 
Well, for sure, but he's already been performing miracles in Jerusalem as well. I just have a hard time with it. Here's the thing. So let's get back to this. What, whatever the cause of it is, he doesn't know the name of Jesus. No, he doesn't. Okay. I think you're giving him more credit than we should, but he doesn't know, and for whatever whatever the reason Talk is. Talk about kicking a guy while he's down. He's already been lame for 38 <laughs> years, and now you're going to be mad at him because he doesn't know Jesus by sight. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> so, But here's a guy that doesn't know Jesus, and he doesn't know his name, and normally these things are done by faith in the name of Jesus, by knowing who he is. And by believing in Jesus and by believing in the power of Jesus, and that's not a part of this story because he doesn't even know who Jesus is. Mm-hmm. And so to me, we have at the very least, not only is, an exce- is it exceptional because it's a miracle and miracles just all by themselves are exceptional. Right. Not only is it exceptional because here's all these sick people and Jesus only picks one and not a bunch of them. It's exceptional just in the, the, the way miracles have worked in the ministry of Jesus because here's a guy that does not have faith in Jesus. Mm-hmm. True. And yet he gets healed anyway. Mm-hmm. That is that is stunning to me. And the, the way I view this, I, I think of it as the exception that proves the ruler. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the norm is they have belief in Jesus. In fact, when he goes to Nazareth, the whole point behind he wasn't able to perform any miracles because they didn't have faith is not that he was trying really, really hard to heal people, but they didn't have faith so they couldn't be healed. Yeah. It was the fact that because they didn't have faith, they didn't come to him. And so there was no opportunity for him to heal people because they weren't coming to be healed. So Jesus has now found this guy. He doesn't have faith. Uh, maybe it's maybe it's not a big deal that he doesn't know about it. Maybe, you know, who knows all that, but he doesn't know who he is. But Jesus says, I'm going to heal you. And mm-hmm. he heals him. Yeah. And, and here's the thing that that reminds me. The power of healing, even for those who had faith in Jesus, was not in them and their faith. The power of healing is in Jesus. Mm-hmm. Jesus gets to heal whomever he wants. Yeah. I think that's huge. Uh, we, we see a fellow here who's healed. He doesn't have faith. He doesn't know who Jesus is. I think about uh, a little later in the Gospel of John when he raises Lazarus from the dead. You know, when you raise the dead people, the dead people don't have faith. <laughs> they're not coming to, to seek out Jesus. They're sure. they're dead. Sure. So, you know, to, to have that power to raise them up, it really is in Christ. Uh, and I see, again, the, the goodness and the benevolence of Christ to be able to lift up someone who, who does not know him. One of the lessons I take from this, or I guess an encouragement as a Christian, is that people really can be blessed by God without knowing God. Um, part of the joy of Christianity is to be able to introduce them to Jesus and help them to understand and make sense. But, you know, even in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5, he talks about how the rain does fall down on the just and the unjust. And there is a goodness of God in our lives. I, th- I think about, uh, you know, Christians doing good for their neighbors. Why are they doing it? It's because they're Christians, uh, not not necessarily because somebody is coming to them and, oh, because you're a Christian, I know you'll do this for me. But it, it works the other way. And uh, what a wonderful way it is that, you know, because we're Christians, because we can do something helpful for someone else, God can work through us to bless someone, uh, even if they don't know him yet. I think there's a really important point here, building off of what you just said, and that is, I, I know, okay, let me back up and build the case here. I know I have been involved with people who did not believe in Jesus, didn't believe in God, but mm-hmm. they were trying to overcome things in their lives. Mm-hmm. So I particularly have had some experience with folks in 12-step groups, and I know that they'll talk about their higher power, and some of them will say, yeah, my higher power is that table over there. But in those 12-step groups, there some of the principles are really godly 
biblical principles. I've even, heard that. Even yeah. though they don't, even though this person who says my higher power is the table over there doesn't believe in, they, they don't believe in Jesus. They don't even believe in God for real. Um, but they start following the principles that are godly principles, and they end up having victory over the drugs or the uh, drinking or the or whatever it is that has been plaguing them. And boy, I will tell you, there was a period of time when I was like, why is that working for them? They don't actually believe in Jesus. Why is it working for them? Yeah. I'm, I'm just really trying to track with this. So you don't have to believe in an actual higher power. You just have to say there is one. Like you well, say a table is a higher power. Oh, yeah, yeah. There are folks in 12-step who are like, yeah, I don't believe in a God and an all-omniscient being. I just know I need something beyond myself. I'll let it be that table. I mean, that's an illustration okay. that's used sometimes. Okay, I didn't know. Not very common. Okay. Not very common, but that is something that is allowed and said in 12-step groups. Okay, okay. wow, okay. All right, so it's not I got to believe in Jesus to okay. be in a 12-step group. It's just, I know I can't do this on my own, and you know what, I'll let that table be, or, or the group is my higher power, or, you know. So here, here's the point, but they're still having the victory, and I'm like, I don't understand how that's working. And mm. what finally registered for me is, when you follow biblical principles, you get biblical results. Okay. I When I follow biblical principles for fighting sin mm-hmm. and addiction mm-hmm. and, and mental obsession, when I follow those biblical principles, I'm going to get the results that those biblical principles produce. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't make mm-hmm. me saved. That doesn't make me right with Jesus. That doesn't make me on my way to heaven, but that does mean I get those results. Yeah. So here's a guy Jesus says, pick up your bed and walk, and he picks up his bed and walks. It's not It's not because of faith in Jesus. It's not because he believes in Jesus. It's I mean, but he did what Jesus said, yeah, and he got the, the result. Yeah. He got the result. Yeah. So I think that's a really powerful point. That's very that's good. good. Sometimes people can... And who knows about this guy, but it does get me to the point of sometimes people can follow biblical principles, get biblical results and not be some of not be one of God's saints, one of his people. So what an exceptional thing here. I guess the final thing I want to do is draw a conclusion or, or a parallel real quick. And that is, is that I have tended to say that all miracle stories are mirrors of salvation stories. And then I usually follow it up with, well, maybe I should say almost all. And this is one of the stories where I say almost all. Mm. But you know what? Actually, even with that, I think one of the things I'm learning is, look, Jesus gets to heal whoever he wants. Yeah. And he gets to do it however he wants. And so Jesus gets to save whomever he wants, however he wants. And if Jesus decides to make an exception to the norm with a person, he's allowed to do that. But I tell you, the other thing I noticed is there was only one person in this crowd healed. Nobody else got to claim, hey, I'm an exception. I'm just going to go be healed. It was only the one Jesus pointed to and said that. And boy, when it comes to salvation, I don't want to bank on I might get to be an exception. I just want to do what he says. And I think we need to remember that. And so if what we're going to do is is call up possible exceptions so I'm not going to do the thing that Jesus says. And look, let me just be practical and pragmatic. I'm talking about baptism here. Okay. Jesus, you know, <laughs> he that believes and is baptized will be saved. And I know there are tons of people that are saying, well, I don't have to be baptized. You know, there's this exception at that exception. Did Jesus tell you you were an exception? Because if he didn't, you better just go ahead and do what he says. <laughs> and I, I just want to throw that out there. We need to realize that. And this is a story that helps me grasp that concept. Absolutely. I've gone over, but I wanted to make that point. Let's go ahead and wrap up with a prayer. Holy God, thank you. Whatever the state of this fella is, uh, if, if Andrew's more correct and giving him more credit or I am and not giving it to him, whatever the case is, what we really see here is the saving, healing power of your son, Jesus. And that's what's amazing. And that's what's exceptional. And we want to surrender to him. And we pray, Father, that you will heal us, 
that you will grow us and strengthen us, that we might walk according to your way. And we're so thankful that you have brought us into your son, Jesus, and the salvation that we have within him. It's through him we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne. Hello. (laughs) Wow. I don't know what that was. It's like I swallowed a fly right as I was about to say hello or something. <laughs> it, was, it was it was something to see. Are are your eardrums okay? I'm okay. Okay. <laughs>